Welcome to the Marshall Center Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Public Affairs Director, James Brooks. You know that comfortable post-Cold War order that dominated European security since the collapse of the Soviet Union? Well, it's been challenged by new dynamics in what NATO and the European call the eastern flank, the eastern part of Europe. Russia's aggression in Ukraine, concerns among their neighbors and NATO allies, and Russia's newly published national security strategy that identifies NATO as a threat are pretty much all the elements of that changing dynamic. The Marshall Center launched a new week-long resident course called the European Security Seminar East this month. Here, mid-level and senior-level security practitioners from Europe, Eurasia, and the U.S. will work together to build a common understanding of the new security landscape in the East and will develop comprehensive strategies to address conflicts, vulnerability, and this overall disorder. Dr. Carl Heinz Camp, president of the German Federal Academy for Security Policy in Berlin, spoke with the 58 participants from 28 countries who are part of this resident course. To say Dr. Camp is an expert on European security is probably an understatement. In fact, former U.S. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright selected him as one of the advisors for the NATO expert group on the new strategic concept in 2009. We had a chance to interview him for this podcast, and so here's our interview. Okay, doctor, uh, I want you to start with your name and your position. Well, yes, I'm Karl-Heinz Kamp. I am now the president of the Federal Academy for Security Policy, which is one of the uh, governmental institutions in Berlin uh, educating people from the ministries on security policy issues. All right. Now, I understand from your biography you were selected by former U.S. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright to be an advisor on the NATO expert group on the new strategic concept. Now, why was that group convened back in 2009, I believe it was, and what was the recommendations that came from that report? Well, the idea was that NATO needed a new strategic concept because the previous one was from 1999, so uh, slightly overtaken by events. So the idea was not this time not to have NATO committees writing something internally, but to ask a wise men group of 12 people, the 12 apostles, as we call them, plus a couple of so-called Sherpas, which was me, to... Uh, provide the Secretary General and NATO with a draft on how the the new NATO strategy could look like. Now, it sounds like there's been truly a a big change in dynamics in European security affairs since you were part of that group. Now, given hindsight is 2020, did the group underestimate Russia or any other aspect that's impacting Eastern Europe now? No, I don't think so. I mean, of course, things have fundamentally changed with regard to Russia or with regard to what's happening in the near Middle East. Um, However, there was always a slight different uh, view in NATO on Russia. The more eastern you come geographically, the more skeptical countries, also for historical reasons, were. The more western, uh, on on the western side, the idea prevailed that we need Russia because it's a big and important country. So I think the strategic concept which came out of this report strikes the balance in its core functions of what NATO has to do and they are still valid. So the report card is not that bad. So it's still a valid report then? It is. Well, I mean, the, the report was just the pre-product, so to speak, for the strategy. The okay. strategy is the important document. And we NATO has a strategy which is still valid. We start thinking now of whether or not 
agreeing on a new one, developing, writing a new one, which is always a painful process in an institution of 28, 29 countries. Uh, but for the time being, it is not completely urgent because it covers with regard to what NATO needs to do and what it's good for. I think it's still valid. Okay. Uh, now, shifting gears a little bit. Now, you mentioned during your lecture uh, to our participants in the European Security mm-hmm. Seminar East resident course that Europe, the European security situation in 2014 was similar to the situation in the United States after the 9-11 attacks. Now, can you explain what you mean by that, and uh, why are these two situations similar? Well, I'm not saying that the situations are similar. Of course, 911 was much more dramatic. My point is that the consequences stemming out of both situations, the need for change, the magnitude of changes we have to do in how we deal with security, they are comparable, which means after uh, 911, we changed we means that the Euro-Atlantic community changed the way how it did security and against whom it provided security, against terrorists, non-state actors, destabilization, God knows what. And now we are back to a pretty clearly defined threat or challenge or danger posed by an aggressive, uh, by a newly aggressive Russia. Right, and I, you know, speaking from many of the folks that were within the Department of Defense and in the intelligence organizations after 9-11, we had to rediscover new ways to work together. And I assume that's pretty much the situation now uh, in Eastern Europe? Well, I think working together worked quite well also after 9-11. The fundamental difference is that defense after 9-11 was directed far beyond our borders. Threats coming far beyond our borders. Afghanistan is pretty much far away from Europe. Now we are back to territorial defense. We are defending our own territories again. And this is a fundamental change with regard to requirements, what you need to do this. Okay, uh, so what's the current state of play in in European security now, uh, especially with regards to the European eastern flank that these students are studying? Well, we we have actually three challenges. The first one is how to make sure that we can defend the east, or how can we provide security reassurance to our eastern allies by demonstrating that we are willing and capable to defend them or to deter any potential uh, aggressor. Second, we have to provide the same level of reassurance to our southern NATO allies who have concerns with regard to threats from the south, Uh, destabilization, terrorism, refugees, uh, Islamists, and so on. And thirdly, we do not have the luxury to focus only on these two issues, but since we have Asia, uh, something which is not on our on our screen yet, but we have developments also there which might affect us as well, which means at the end of the day, we will have, we means NATO will have to keep the 360 degree view of security policy worldwide. Okay. Now, the Marshall Center operates under a very unique German-American partnership. Uh, Do you see common ground between Germany and the United States in addressing these security issues? I know some of our uh, individual nation perspectives might be different, but is there common ground out there? Well, I think the basics still remain that, of course, not only Germany but NATO entirely cannot do without the overarching military and political power of the U.S., which I think is going to stay regardless of the talks we have about decline and so on. Um, On the other hand, vice versa, 
uh, the, the profit of the U.S. of alliances, NATO and others, is to have influence. Uh, because weapons alone do not constitute a superpower status. See it with Russia. They have thousands of nuclear weapons. They are by far not a superpower. Superpower you become by having influence, political influence, military influence, and this is what you have through alliances. So, And particularly in environments where security cannot provide it by one country alone anymore, even if it's as powerful as the U.S., uh, allies provide help and they provide legitimacy for what you are doing. So that's why I think we are mutually indispensable. Great. Now, participants in this week-long resident course will be proposing recommendations for making a more secure Eastern Europe, and those recommendations are going to be presented at the Munich Security Conference next month. Uh, Do you have any expectations of what might come from this group of students or what they might propose? Well, what I hope they propose is two things in which we have a shortcoming. We means once again NATO. One shortcoming is we have to develop a strategy how to deal with Russia. Just to define it as an opponent is not enough because even if it is, we need it for a host of issues where Russia, because it's a member of the UN Security Council, um, it is a geographically uh, large power, it has influence, so we need it vis-a-vis Iran, we need it in the Middle East, we need it in the high north, in the Arctic. So how do we find a, ga- uh, how do we find a bridge between these requirements of defending against Russia and cooperating with Russia? And the other uh, hope I have, or the other area where we could need help is developing ideas on how we can administer the existing conflict. We have to administer the conflict with Russia. We have to define ways, procedures, strategies, agreements to avoid misperceptions, uh, to avoid irrational action, which might get us somewhere where we both do not want to be. Right now, you've obviously mentioned Russia quite a bit. It's in the headlines. It's obviously the the big, large, white elephant in the room, uh, and it certainly has the attention of all the European countries and NATO in particular, Are there other factors out there that demand attention when planning uh, these strategies? Well, actually, Russia is the the big elephant in the room because this is the topic of this this, uh, week-long seminar. Uh, It is not the only one. As I said, the the entire South issue, which now hurts us pretty much through uh, almost uncontrollable amounts of refugees, is a major issue. As I was saying, probably the, que- probably the answer China will give on its own future might be for us as relevant as what Russia is doing right now. Not at least because, for instance, we, which means the West, is dependent on the uh, freedom of the Malacca Strait as mm-hmm. relevant or as, as much as the U.S. and other Pacific powers are. So, it is, uh, so Russia is not the only issue, but it's one we... The closer you come to the east, the more focus is on Russia. Okay, so how can courses like this European Security Seminar East contribute to a more secure environment in Europe? Well, I think it's, it's, it's always helpful, something we are lacking, to have the view of those, and I say this as a NATO guy, who are not in NATO because we have our own rationality, our own perspectives, uh, just to understand, not at least to understand how Russia itself sees its situation 
uh, is helpful. I mean, Moscow is not completely stupid. They have their own rationality. They have their own, their own way of reasoning. And if we want to defuse crises, we have to have as many perspectives of local actors around. And this is why courses like these are particularly helpful. Now, where do you see Europe in 10 years? I know you told the students you didn't want to you know, guess any further than 10 years. So I'll, I'll use 10 years. Uh, where do you see Europe in 10 years? Next question. Um, <laughs> no, where, where do I see Europe in, next, uh, in, in 10 years? I mean, I, is it going to be a better situation? Uh, are, are we on an upswing? Or? I think we are, until a couple of months ago, I would have said we are in a downswing because particularly Europe is suffering from a number of not necessarily security-related issues, of overaging, of being uh, hostile to economic and political reforms, of being self-centered, of not having a wider perspective. This has changed significantly, not at least by force, through the problems we have. So if Europe manages, and particularly the EU, manages to keep its coherence, which is a big question mark, then in 10 years I see us much better uh, than, we see, uh, than I see us now, and I see us definitely much better than I, I see Russia in 10 years okay. because these guys are certainly on a slippery slope downwards. Now, is there any other question that I haven't asked you that you think it's really important to mention about European security? Actually, you covered from Plato to NATO everything, <laughs> so uh, uh, no, it's not. Well, uh, listen, I'd like to thank you for taking the Enjoyed time it. and sharing some of your thoughts today. Uh, again, the class is going to be producing a paper or some recommendations for the Munich Security Happy Conference. Happy to see so the Munich then. <laughs> hopefully you'll see some of your uh, uh, inspirations or words of wisdom in that paper. I would, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was our interview with Dr. Karl Heinz Kamp, the president of the German Federal Academy for Security Policy in Berlin. He spoke to our European Security Seminar East resident course earlier today. For more information on George C. Marshall European Center courses, visit our website at www.marshallcenter.org.